I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, everyone, and welcome back uh, to to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I'm hopping on live tonight um, on this Monday night because I, as I'm preparing for a whole bunch of content launching, um, launch Gordana Burnett and I are launching our course that's coming out on 123. So very soon next week, we're excited about that. We're going to be doing another Sunday live, kicking that back off this coming Sunday on the 22nd. As I'm preparing for my first newsletter to go out and um, men's retreats dates for later this year and a whole bunch of content, launching another ebook here soon and all this stuff you can find on my website. Tonight I was preparing and I thought, you know, it's time to go back to the beginning. I've often had this, this thought that an engineer's intention in design is the intention of the design, no matter how long past we are when the the product or the intention of that design initially uh, came out. So what we were designed to do was walk in the presence of God, walk in the presence of love, walk in the presence of light. And and the and uh, because we were intended to walk in light, walk in love, walk in the presence of God, that original design, that original engineering purpose for us to walk in that presence has never changed. However, we have forgotten our original design. We've forgotten our original purpose. And it all stems back from the very first conversation back in Genesis between God and man talking about sovereignty and accountability. And I've talked a lot about sovereignty and accountability, and I define sovereignty as simply this. When you and I say no, it is no. That's it. When you say no, it's no. And when you say yes, it's yes. And the entire matrix system is geared to strip us away of our sovereignty. When you say no, they say, "Mm, not good enough. Come on. And they start to coerce and move and manipulate, threaten, intimidate, perhaps coerce into violence. But no is no. It's no then. It's no now. It's no always. So I define sovereignty as the purest sense of when you say no, it's no. And when you say yes, it's yes. And you cannot say yes to anything. Your yes means nothing unless you first take the authority back to say no. For when you can say no, your yes actually means something. So I wanted to talk back. I wanted to go do a little Bible study tonight in Genesis chapter three. And it's the very first conversation between God and man recorded in the Bible. Now, I've, I've talked about this, that mankind is made in the image of God. We are light. We are love. We are incredibly creative co-creator beings. And Jesus called us the light of the world. Um, and God is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. We are hue, light, man, light beings on this earth. It's, it's such a privilege to be a human. And yet, We've 
been indoctrinated and beat down by false teachings and false doctrines through the secular education propaganda system, be it schools, um, higher, higher institutions of learning, to say that mankind is nothing but a mistake or a virus on the planet or the cause of all the demise that we're seeing, which is not true. All the demise that we are watching or being told about is manufactured to keep man in a perpetual state of slavery because the moment we wake up to our power, the moment we wake up to our God-given birthright here and the authority that we carry and the divine beauty that we possess, the minute we do, the world changes instantly. But the darkness keeps humanity in a state of slavery and they, they benefit from it. They take advantage of us, but God never intended that to be. So the very first story about Adam and Eve and their encounter with the serpent and then their encounter with God is an incredible model, an incredible framework to understand love in action and a missed opportunity to reclaim sovereignty by not taking accountability. So the first question we have to ask is, does God know everything? Does God know everything? And the answer is yes. God, the infinite being, the one that is, that is prior to anything that is beyond all conception of thought, form, and matter, the origin knows it all, which is why the law of free will is allowed because the one who knows it all wants to experience it all as the observer of it all and watches law free will in action. But yes, does God know everything? The answer is yes. God does know everything. So when we have this encounter with Adam and Eve in the garden and God, a conversation was had between them. And religion, especially fundamentalism and Catholicism, have painted God as a very angry, spiteful, vengeful, violent God. And if you read the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, there are many different facets and dis- depictions of God, which I believe are not talking about the most high God, but different forms of God taken by man, the groupings of mankind. And you see the impact that's taken place. But regardless, the infinite one, the creator knows all and has this conversation between Adam and Eve. Now you got to picture Adam and Eve were walking in the presence of God. That was the original design of the engineering uh, beauty and magnificence of God to create the light being here on earth that has authority to take dominion over the earth, back from the dark beings, back from the dark consciousness that was here on the planet, which is why God spoke in Genesis chapter one. It says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. The word let means allow. So who's God speaking to? The infinite all-powerful being is speaking to another form and saying, allow there to be light. And it says immediately, there was light. So God was speaking to a being. So this is something to keep in mind. So let there be light and there was light. When God speaks, it is. So when God has this conversation between Adam and Eve and he designed Adam and Eve to walk in his presence, he designed us all to walk in the presence of love and light because we are love and light. It's incredible to know then once Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, which God said, don't eat of it. 
this incredible conversation takes place. And it's a model for all of us, wherever you are around the world, whatever worldview and paradigm you live in and under, this teaching is incredibly important. For religion is taught an angry, spiteful, vengeful God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay, certainly. But we abdicate our responsibility and our accountability when we keep giving it away. The Bible says, God said, Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened and shall be as God's. And so when the serpent comes to Eve and says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, as God said, are you sure God said that? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. So here's something that's interesting. God didn't say, don't touch it. He just said, don't eat it. So immediately when we add to the word of God, and what is the word of God? To walk in love, to walk in light, and to let no form of darkness have any place within you or around you. God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. Jesus said, I and my father are one. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If we don't abide in light, we can do nothing because darkness abides. So the woman adds into the word. She says, God said, don't eat it. Neither shall we touch it lest we die. So stay with me, regardless of your, your worldview, just stay with me on this because this all comes down to the very first conversation about sovereignty and accountability. So the serpent then says, you're not, you shall not surely die. The day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be open. You should be as God. You should be as gods. So Adam or Eve takes it and gives it to Adam. Adam eats it and immediately their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. So here's the most incredible part. God who is not angry, God who is not spiteful, God who is not vengeful, God who is not out to get any of us knows that they did what he said don't do. And yet it says this in Genesis chapter three, verse eight, it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. If that doesn't paint a picture of serene beauty and mercy and coolness, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. No anger, no wrath, no spitefulness, no threatening with thunderbolts or whatever your view is of this God that has been painted by the antichrist matrix system. Certainly not the case here. So they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And God who knew that they just did this wasn't angry. He's actually walking to them. And this is such a beautiful concept. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Okay, so they hear God's voice and they hide. No big deal. (laughs) But here's the beautiful thing. God asked them three questions. Three simple questions that he already knew the answer to. So I'll get to why he asked in the first place, even though he knew the answer. But he asked this, and the Lord God called into Adam and said unto him, where art thou? Where are you? Like that's the first question that God asks. Where are you? you 
my dear brother and sister, wherever you are in the world right now, wherever you are on the planet, wherever you are listening to this, the infinite most high origin of all that is the creator is simply asking you, because you matter, a very simple question. Where are you? And Adam responds to him and he says, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So first he asked, where are you? Second question he asked, then God follows up and says, he said, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat of the tree wherever I commanded you not to eat of? So second and third question, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were a sinner and vile? Who told you that you were a virus on the planet? Who told you that you have evolved from a low consciousness? Who told you that you are a broken, unworthy vessel to receive the most high God? Who told you that you are um, nothing in this vast space of unpurposed reality? Who told you this? Did you eat of the tree where I commanded you not to eat of? Remember, God didn't say don't touch it. He just said don't eat it. So here's the model. God, who knows everything, is looking around, knows these beautiful, perfect beings who were walking in his presence, pure, infinite, blissful love and light, who had free will still to choose and chose opposite of what he, God told them to. Because God gave him free will, because God is a God of love and love allows all things to be the pain and the healing, the light and the dark. So God asks, Where are you? And Adam says, I hid and I was afraid because I was naked. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the tree where I ever commanded you not to eat of? Now, this is the crux of all humanity right here. You want to deal with human nature? You deal with this conversation. Because I believe 100% with every fiber of my being, if Adam would have just said, yeah, man, God, you were right. I ate that fruit and big mistake. I'm sorry. And he told me naked the serpent. I'm sorry, God. I listened to the serpent. Instead of just owning it and saying, here I am, here I am. And yes, I did. And it was the dark consciousness who told me I was naked. So I have listened to this dark consciousness. I've acted upon the dark consciousness's narrative in my life. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please bring me back into that reconciliation of your love and your light and your goodness and your beauty. And I will tell everyone that it is not worth it. Now, that could have been the conversation. What a beautiful Beautiful conversation and opportunity for reconciliation. Absolutely right there. There's no teaching or doctrine in the Bible or any other text that wouldn't that would deny that there would have been reconciliation right there in that moment. But that's not what Adam said. Instead, he blames and he points at the woman immediately. See, Eve ate of the fruit first and gave it to Adam, but God goes to Adam first because Adam missed the mark first. Adam was to, supposed to be the protector, the defender, the sovereignty over the garden. So he was the one that messed up and allowed Eve to have that conversation in the first place with the serpent. So God goes to Adam and says, what have you done? Where are you? Who told you? And did you do what I said not to do? And Adam, instead of saying yes, says the woman, she gave me the uh, fruit and I did eat. 
So God goes to the woman and says, what is this that thou has done? She points to the serpent and says, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. And that, my dear friend, is the entire crux of human nature right there. See, God was just looking for them to own who they were, what they had done, how far they have gone from that original purpose, that original design to walk in infinite and unconditional love and light. And instead of saying, yeah, God, and trusting that God was good, they allowed the shame, the dirtiness, the uncleanliness, all the low vibrational feelings, energies, thoughts, teachings, doctrines of the lowest form take hold of their mind, body, soul, spirit, and heart. And in that moment, they hid themselves from a presence that didn't need to be hid from, but rather ran towards. And right there is the teaching of sovereignty and accountability. Because no matter what you have gone through, no matter what you will go through, no matter what I've gone through and what I will go through, no matter what, doesn't matter how powerful of ranking the dark consciousness does come to you and try to threaten, intimidate, coerce, manipulate, whatever it is. Like I said, I started this podcast. How I define sovereignty is when you say no, it is no. And when you say yes, it is yes, which is why Solomon wrote in Proverbs, life and death are in the power of the tongue and those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That's why Jesus said, in that day, thou shalt give an account of every idle word thou hast spoken. For by your words, you shall be justified and by your words, you should be condemned. That's why James wrote, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. For a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You see, what we say creates our reality. And when we do not speak in true accountability of our life, when we pass the buck, when we blame, when we say they, they, he, she, instead of God. Here I am. (laughs) Maybe I'm wretched. Maybe I'm poor. Maybe I'm miserable, blind, naked, whatever the case may be, whatever it is. Yeah. We blew it. I blew it. Who hasn't blown it? (laughs) For all of sin to come short of the glory of God, of course. And that does not preclude us from going back into that presence, into that love, into that beauty, into that goodness. But God will never cross our will ever, not one time, because God's love and God gives everyone infinite freedom to do, choose, be, think, act however they want to act. And yet right now, in this moment, in this day, in this night, you watching wherever you are around the world, there is a massive change happening. And I don't know if you can feel it, but it's happening right now. It's been happening the past couple of weeks because humanity has been unwilling as a whole to really disconnect from the matrix. God is unplugging the matrix from humanity and nothing that seems like it's been will be, for instance, The price of food is going to keep going. The price of everything, money and time and everything is rising or speeding up. The news is chaotic and crazy. Nothing makes sense. It's because everything that is inverted truths must be revealed so that we can finally see it for what it is. So that when God does come, 
again in his presence in your life, however it is, however it comes, you won't be found lacking the knowledge and wisdom and understanding of the time. You won't be, because God will not judge ignorance. He gives everyone the opportunity to see it so that when he does come and it says, again, I will read this or I'll recite this. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And whatever God walking in the garden in the cool of the day happens to be for you, happens to be for me. And usually it's daily because <laughs> Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. So God has never changed, never will change, and will do the exact same thing he's always done, which is mercifully, gently come to you and ask, where are you? Who told you to believe the things you believe? And did you do the things I said not to do? Now, what did God say? So are there 613 mitzvah? Are there, are there's all, are there all these commandments? Ultimately, it boils down to this, to walk in love, to love the source of love, to love love, for love loves love, and may we love the same, to love, love, to love God who is love, and to love our neighbor and every person we see as we love ourselves. Not as we think we should love ourselves, but allowing, you see, we can't love our neighbors ourselves unless we first walk in that presence of love. For walking in that presence of love gives every single person the freedom to choose for themselves how they will be. And that ultimately is the most loving thing we could do. I spoke at um, a university a while back now, I don't know, six, seven years, eight years, 10 years ago. Um, and I was talking about the golden rule. And this one student said, have you heard of the platinum rule? I said, no, what's the platinum rule? He said, the platinum rule is that um, do unto others that which they would want you to do unto them. Not the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto yourself. And I said, well, how would I know what another person would want done unto them? How do we know that? He said, ask. He said, well, then ultimately it's the golden rule because you would want someone to ask you. So I told, <laughs> I'll never forget that student. His name's Paul. Anyway, the golden rule ultimately is what it's about, but we can't love our neighbors ourselves unless we first walk in the presence of love. But once we walk in the presence of love, loving our neighbor, giving them the choice to choose exactly how to be is ultimately love in its purest form. So the first conversation of accountability and sovereignty in the Bible stems all the way back to Genesis chapter three, the very first recorded conversation between God and man in the Bible. And immediately because Adam and Eve did not own, own what they did, a curse was placed upon them. Not because they, as a man and a woman, deserved to be cursed, but the Bible says in, Gen in um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 33, interesting numbers, 333, says, the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. So what that means is that when you walk into the house of wickedness, the curse is already upon it. It's not that Adam and Eve were cursed. They happened to walk into a house, a covering that was not of God's and the curse was already placed upon them. So then God 
goes through Adam, you know, have to toil through the set of sweat of his brow, blah, blah, blah. He goes to Eve. You're going to have pain in childbirth. And then he curses the serpent. But interestingly enough, he never asked the serpent, what have you done? Because the serpent was already cursed and God doubles down on the curse and talks about how he had put, put enmity between thy seed and her seed. So he's talking to the serpent. The serpent has seed. This is who we're battling right now on this earth. This is the top of the pyramid. These are the people you, we have no idea of their names, but we know their agenda. They are the serpent seed. They believe it. You don't have to believe it. There's a whole teaching that Cain and Abel were twins. Cain was of the serpent's seed and Eve carried both bloodlines in her womb, Adam and the serpents. It could be allegorical. Either way, it's a, this is the reality that we find ourselves in. This is why Cain ate Abel is cannibal, cannibal. The, the, the wordplay that has been going on for a very long time, people have no idea the world that we're, we're in. They think it's all sunshine and rainbows. In reality, it's the seed of the serpent. Remember, God says, I'll put enmity between thy seed, speaking directly to the serpent, and her seed, talking to Eve. And you can see Adam like, did he blow it? Yeah. Why did he blow it? Because he didn't own where he was and he didn't own what he did. And so many of us are just passing the blame. I I do, I'll host these retreats to help people heal, host men's retreats. I do a lot of content and coaching. And so many times people want to say, well, they did, or it's like, man, I'm not going to judge you. I have blown it so many times. There is no judgment. What is judgment? It's good for nothing except keeping people stuck as slaves to a system they didn't design or choose for themselves. It's interesting. I, I was talking to someone the other day. So um, this is just a point of reference I find fascinating because words matter. I just talked about you let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. The life and death are in the power of the tongue and the those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And by thy words, thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned for in that day you shall give account of every idle word you have spoken. Okay, so our words carry power, which is why they changed the Bible so much, which is, do we even have access to the real full text? No. But interestingly enough, the King James Bible uses the word servant. Paul, I was, I'm a bond servant, bond servant, but the new Bible versions from 1881, the revised version, when the Great Reset takes place, where they, the world changed, Satan took control. They changed the word servant to slave. I'm a slave for the gospel. I'm a slave to Christ. I'm a slave, slave, slave. But interestingly enough, the Bible records that there's only two things that God will say to you and I when we meet him. Only two. That's it. We're either going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you, not you didn't know God, God never knew you, which is an interesting teaching because it's not about the whole form of religion is about knowing God, study, read, small group, church, same thing, repeat over and over and over and over and over. And it's like, Jesus said, many will come on that day and say, Lord, Lord. So they'll know that Jesus is Lord. They say, Lord, Lord, it said, depart from me. I never knew you. And they're like, but Lord, didn't we cast out devils, prophesy in the name, heal the sick? Rhetorical question. He doesn't say no, because they did. But that wasn't what he asked them to do. He asked them, 
to love him with all their freaking heart, mind, soul, and strength. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And second, like it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This is the whole law. This is it. Why does it say in the book of Revelation that thou hast forgot, thou hast left thy first love, that you forgot your first love? It's because they were dealing with humanity well, the church of Ephesus, but they forgot the walk in the love of God. That was the first love. Second love is love of man. So we are at this place right now, this time right now, where each and every one of us have the opportunity. God comes to us every single day and says, where are you? How's your heart? What happened? Who did what to you win? Own it. And what from that pain that you inherited, did you cause pain in other people's lives? Own it. I certainly have. We all have to. This is the process to own it. And you know what owning it takes? It takes a massive amount of courage. This is why I define vulnerability as having the courage to experience love in its purest form. You see, it isn't until we find the courage, find the grit, find the moxie, find in our constitution, the grounded resolve to say, I cannot, will not choose not to live in the slave system any longer. I choose as a servant to serve and to move through and to walk in to the presence of love. When this happens, when you and I choose to do this, this is why I say in my TEDx talk, there's three steps. Face the pain, you got to look at it. Speak the pain, you got to utter out everything that's ever been done to you and everything you've done. You have to out loud, utter it out of your heart, get it out of your soul, unburden yourself. And then you can release the pain. You want to feel miracles. You want to feel the divine presence of love in your life. You want to go beyond esoteric knowledge and secret teachings in the occult realm. You want to know love in its purest form. You must, my dear brother and sister, be vulnerable and step through it. And all these power structures and and all these dark players who hide and lie and smile with their charm and their these narcissistic serpentine energy draconian devils, whatever you want to say about them, have no power when you walk in your truth and when you walk in the light and when you walk in love. So the very first conversation between God and man shows us the model. And unfortunately, man blew it, but man is coming back into this place. God is knocking on every person's door every single day and saying, where are you, my dear brother and sister? Where are you, my dear friend? Where are you, my dear child? Where are you? What have you done? And who have you believed rather than experiencing for yourself the beauty and goodness of my everlasting love? Nothing else matters beyond this. It's not that we, so many people right now are are focused on eschatology and where we are in the timeline of reality. And I would say, forget where we're going, go back to Genesis chapter three. Go back to the origin, go back to the engineer, the one who designed it all and go back and solve and fix your generational line, your heart, your mind, your soul. This, my dear brother and sister, this is the power and the beauty that we all get to experience. So my dear brother and sister, 
I want this to be an encouragement to you. I want you to feel lifted up. I want you to feel blessed in this journey and know that no matter what you've ever gone through, whatever you've done yourself, it can be forgiven. You can be reconciled back into the infinite presence of love. And it takes courage. It takes accountability. But once you find that courage and once you take that accountable step to face it, speak it so you can release it, you will reclaim your sovereignty. So I hear in religion, it's very interesting. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Yes, God is sovereign. And God made us in his image that we may be sovereign as well. For he's made us kings and priests into God as father, not slaves. So you and I, to reclaim our sovereignty is our birthright. Which is why Esau giving his birthright away for some food was the greatest sustain he could do to that birthright. You and I get to reclaim it. For it has always been ours, but we have been deceived by many low vibrational, dark, satanic, antichrist teachings and doctrines that have reduced humans, the light beings on this earth, the, the true inheritors of this realm into viruses and nothing but cells evolved by some random chance. No, this is not the case. We were made, placed in here. Our souls are of the breath of God, the neshama. And God breathed into man and man became a living soul. Our soul, our breath is so powerful. Which is why when you walk in truth, you can breathe more deeply because truth makes us free. Free not only to act and think and choose differently, but also to breathe more deeply. And the more breath we have, the more oxygen we have, the more we are awakened and alive to live. And living is what we're here to do. So my dear brother and sister, I bless you all. I love you all. Thank you for watching. Um, you're not alone. You are not alone. Like I said, I have next week, Gordana and I are, Birnett and I are launching a course Go to my website, sign up for the early release. It's going to be incredible. It's called Key Memories, Undoing Your Past, Rewriting Your Future. We're going to help you find your inner child, heal your inner child, liberate your inner child, and integrate your inner child. It's a really cool course. You can do it at any time. We walk you through the whole thing. It's just, it's incredibly powerful. So you go to my website, sign up for that. Also, um, I have eBooks that you can, if you don't want coaching or whatever you need, whatever, there's, I have so much content, so many podcasts, whatever you are desiring, my dear brother and sister, find it. You can go to my website. There's tons of resources. All for you knowing you're not alone. You are not alone. We were not intended to do this journey alone. We were intended to co-journey, co-labor, co-create. And so it is. The great awakening is here. The great reckoning is also here. <laughs> and those that choose accountability and sovereignty will find that love and light. And those that continue to skirt responsibility and skirt and blame and pass the buck and they did or that, well, they'll continue to learn another day, but they are not your responsibility. You are your responsibility. So I bless you all. I love you all. Thank you so much for um spending this time with me, my dear brother and sister. I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com. <music>